Welcome to the Fire and Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow. I believe in taking massive, inspired action from an awakened soul. This show is a weekly dose of spiritual principles, personal development, and success strategies for creating an epically aligned life. Here's to your wildest dreams coming true with less hustle, grit and grind, more flow, ease, and grace. I'm the founder of the Live Video Mastery Academy, a TV host, speaker, best-selling author, and proud fur mama, and I'll be sharing real talks with successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, best-selling authors, spiritual luminaries, and high-performance experts in this unfiltered, transformational, and soul-centered podcast. Things are about to get real. Are you ready? Let's get started. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Fire and Soul podcast. I am so excited to share today's guest. This is a graduate of our podcast accelerator program. He is in our esteemed Hall of Fame, and he's in a Hall of Fame unto himself. Mr. Alec Molden is a former American football defensive back who was drafted 11th in the 1996 NFL Draft by the New Orleans Saints. He went on to play for eight amazing years on various teams, including the Saints, Chargers and Lions, finally retiring from football in 2005. He played uh, for seven different head coaches in eight years in the NFL, so he's definitely learned a thing or two about change, culture, and influence. Alex is now a wildly sought-after personal development and leadership speaker and coach. His clients include Microsoft, Nike, Converse, the Boys and Girls Clubs, and so many more. His main focus is to strengthen team collaborations, communication, which we're going to talk about here today, and my favorite topic, transparency, using his leadership-proven blueprint. This is also my other fave. He and his beautiful wife, Kristen, have eight children whom they love and adore. But before we welcome him onto the show, I want to just circle back to the very top thing that I mentioned is that he is a graduate of our podcast accelerator. And you know, I've been talking about it a lot here the last few weeks. And so thank you for allowing me to share about one of my most passionate topics on the whole planet, which is the power of podcasting. And so this coming Wednesday, September 16th, we start our final round of our only done of the only done for you podcast program on the planet and it is not too late to sign up there's just a couple spots left and you can head on over to michelle-sorrow.com and check out this podcast in the show resources the notes where you can get more information and if you think it's a fit sign up and join us live on Wednesday night for the final podcast accelerator of the year. Speaking of, that is how I met today's guest. So Alex Molden, thank you for waiting on that little intro and welcome to the show. Thank you for the intro, man. That's, that's like, that's like back in the day when you used to come out the, I used to come out the tunnel, you know, when they used to, you know, my first time in the NFL as a starter, you, you come out the tunnel and it's, Alex Moden, University of Oregon, you come running out and slapping hands right there, that intro. I felt like that. Oh, so thank wow. you. <laughs> you know, I was getting the chills as I was saying it because I'm like, oh my gosh, I have this legend on my show. I got to train this legend in the podcast accelerator. But it's so funny. I want to share with my listeners that before we hit record, I was sharing with you, Alex 
I didn't really get to know you that much in the podcast accelerator because you were a perfect A plus student. There was never a tech issue or a hurdle or a mindset obstacle we had to get through. And now it all makes sense because this is how you lead so many beautiful souls around the world. But it didn't start out this way. I want to talk about your journey, getting to that tunnel, getting into the NFL, like most young boys dreams anywhere in the world and where that's where that took you and where you are now, especially in this crazy year of 2020. Absolutely. It was one of those deals that, you know, just like any other seven, eight-year-old boy, I have I have an 11-year-old that, you know, that's my dream to play in the NFL. And my journey, I'm an Army brat. We didn't watch football. I didn't watch college. I didn't watch NFL. And so how I learned is by playing out in the streets. I would play with my buddies and, and that would be it. But they would be saying all these cool, the, the, you know, these names of these superstars that I had no clue. I didn't know who Lynn Swan was. I didn't know who Tony Dorsett was, Walter Payton. I didn't know those guys, you know, but they would be saying it when we was playing out in the streets. And I was like, wow, that's funny. I don't know anything about this game. And so I didn't start playing football organized until the eighth grade. Where was growing up for you? Where were these streets? Shoot, we was all over. I'm originally, I was born in, in Detroit, Michigan. I ended up moving to Oklahoma. And I was, I think I was like five or six years old when we, when we moved there. And then from there, we moved to Germany. So I was in Germany for, for three years mm. and ended up coming back to the States in Colorado Springs where my dad was stationed. And right, right in midway, through the fifth grade. Wow. Yeah, with, yeah, midway through fifth grade. So I call Colorado Springs. That's home. Yeah, and that's where you are now? No, no, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We connected yeah. through our friend Eldridge, but I wasn't sure where yeah. you actually currently resided. So thank you for that update. Is this a good mm-hmm. time to let you know that all those football heroes, I'm sure, that you mentioned, I don't even know who they are today? <laughs> I know Alex Moles, and oh, that's all God. I need you know to know. I'm not going to hold that against you. It's good. quite all right. <laughs> well, so you so you developed a passion for it, really, because it was a necessity, right? You got to get out of the house. You guys weren't watching, watching TV. It was a way for you to probably, I'm assuming, belong as part of these sort of ever-changing communities. You got to meet some kids, play some ball. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. I mean, so this was back in the day where, you know, kids, we met at a park. We didn't call each other. We said, hey, we're going to be here tomorrow at three o'clock. Yeah. So we would do that, meet at the park, play baseball. When we're done with that, we would go uh, play football. When we were done with that, we'd go play basketball. So during the summertime, that was that was the deal. We didn't, we just, hey, we met here. We meet here at noon or at three o'clock and bring all your stuff. And yeah. that led to being drafted 11th in the nation to the NFL. I mean, what was that feeling like, if you could describe it today, looking back? You know, it was one of those deals, like, even saying, like, a dream come true, it, it still doesn't put the proper words to it. It was something that hmm. I had a vision for, and I worked really hard for. I didn't know how far that journey was going to be like starting in eighth grade, losing every game, mm-hmm. but still having the joy that the, the, like the love of it did not diminish at all. And then I, you know, went to high school, started at the bottom and started to like, okay, 
where do I measure myself at? So how I measure myself is I wanted to be the best on my team first. Instead of just, I want to be the best in, the, in, the, in, in, in Colorado, I got to be the best on my team. So that took a while. So once I fi- figured that out, okay, how do I, I want to be the best in our conference. I want to be the best in the city. I want to be the best in the state. And it just kept going on and on. What would you say was the through line of your mindset? I mean, it's one thing to have a vision and a dream to be the best in your school and then your city and then the conference and then the state, but you actually accomplished it. What do you think that took inside your mind? Inside my mind, I had to be, because there was people, people who were close to me mm-hmm. that told me, Alex, that's impossible. Mm. You're not going to do that. Like people are really close. And in my mind, I was already set. I was not going to let anybody, you know, anybody tell me that I wasn't going to make it. And we get inspired by different things, right? We get inspired by people, the words that the impact. I got inspired by a movie. And when I watched this movie, I would watch it over and over and over again. You want to know what that movie was? I have a feeling I know, but I want you to say it. Does it start with an R? <laughs> Thank oh, you. Oh, I love that movie. Yes. I just watched that movie literally a week and a half ago. Hold on, hold on. I'm not, what, what, what movie do you think it is? Does it have four letters? It has five. Oh, shoot. Well, maybe it's a different movie. Okay, well, back it up. What's your movie? Rocky Three. Oh, mine was Rudy. No, no. Rocky. Rocky three. I stole your thunder, buddy. Oh, my God. No, that's okay. That's okay. Okay. Rocky three was the movie. You know, so it's two different ways, right? The first one was Clubber Lang, who was played by Mr. T. And so he was the up and coming. Rocky was on top. He was winning. He did all the commercials and stuff. But Clubber Lang was the one that was the contender. And once he defeated Rocky the first time, Rocky went down this deep, dark hole and he had to come out of it. He had to go back to his roots. Mm -hmm. So Apollo Creed trained him to be able to defeat Clubber Lane. And so it's still that movie gives me goosebumps to this day. Oh, it's one of that inspired me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. Rudy's also still really good, by the way. Totally different mindset. But this makes sense. So after you had accomplished every dream goal, and that's as you mentioned, it's just it doesn't even give you the value of what that what that means in your heart, right? One after another, and then you're drafted eleventh, right? Which is like incredible. And then you have a devastating knee injury after eight years of living this dream out loud. Is that a time when just like Rocky and Rocky three, that you had to go back to your roots? Well, actually, I mean, I had a a lot of injuries. The injury that you're talking about, I believe is my, so I had reconstructive knee surgery where I tore up my ACL, MCL and PCL. I did that my freshman year at university of Oregon. And so that was like my first real hit against adversity, Mm. like where I thought that my football journey, my life up to that point was over. Mm. And once the doctor told me, you know, because I was feeling sorry for myself and all that, you know, 
like a typical 19 year old would. And he told me, he said, no, Alex, I, I, this surgery, you're going to be fine. And matter of fact, you're going to come back better. That's all I needed to hear. I didn't ask him any more questions. That's all I needed to hear. Powerful. Yeah. And then that, that actually, I just told somebody about this and I actually, in my, you know, when I speak without that adversity, it would not allow me to become the, become the player that I became because that adversity, I got a chance to work with Jimmy Radcliffe. He was our strength conditioning coach at University of Oregon. Now I didn't know that he was a world renowned speaker, coach, whatever, but he was wanted all over the world. He would go and do workshops and whatnot about speed and, and plyometric training and performance. Well, I got a chance to work with him one-on-one for six months straight, an hour a day, five days a week. He taught me how to run. I was fast, but he taught me how to be efficient. Mm. He taught me how to be efficient in movement whether it was jumping, uh, landing, change of directions. He taught me the basics. And from there, we start to build foundational principles. And without that setback, there's no way I could have ended up where I was in, you know, playing in the NFL, being drafted as high as I was. But it was because of that setback. Wow. How cool is that? Because he helped mm-hmm. you become a more efficient speed runner. Plus, is it fair to say that the work that you're doing now, was he the first person that had come into your life in such a close proximity way that was doing speaking and leading events? Had you seen that? Had it been modeled to you before him? No, no. Isn't that a chance? I know you're a man of faith, but it's like God put that man on your path, right? So that you could look back when you are leaving the NFL for myriad of different reasons, right? No one's in there forever. And mm-hmm. trying to figure out, as we were talking about right before I hit record, shoot, what next? And what do I even like? And I'd like for you to speak to that. And then let's connect the dots of how then this beautiful angel actually probably was there to guide you on to the next evolution of your highest self, which is now Absolutely. paying it forward and changing so many lives around the world. But there Absolutely. was that dark moment of, uh-oh, this is over. What do you guys call it in the NFL? You were on, you were at the, at the show. Or is that the, is I, you have to understand, I know nothing about football. I just love in the, in the You mean in the league? Yeah. We call it the is league. It the show, the, uh, what do you guys call it? The Super Bowl. Super Bowl, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry. Okay, yeah. okay. I got something right. <laughs> I was saying to Alex, I'm like, I don't know anything about football, but I know a lot about human spirit. And I love yeah. humans that are optimizing their potential and helping others do the same, which is why I want to be on fire and soul. Okay, so you leave the show slash league, um, and you're trying to figure out what's next. What was that moment like for you, that period of time? Oh, man, it was tough. Because you do something... You give up, like I said, you give up a big part of yourself to assume this character, right? This identity that sets you apart, right? So being an athlete, especially at that level, you've been doing it since you were young. And me, I was like eighth grade when I first started playing. But I started to take on this, this, this character of you got to have confidence, right? You got to have confidence. You got to be a hard worker, your identity gets wrapped up into that. And thank goodness I didn't, I did not have parents 
especially my mom, who kept telling me where football could take me or it. She didn't really tell me about you have to become, you know, that identity. I was telling I was already telling myself. So but once I finished, I was 32 years old Mm. and I step away from the game and I'm thinking, you know, I had like millions in the bank. Nice house, married with kids, but your sense of purpose, my sense of purpose, I had no clue. Mm -hmm. And it really hit me. It really hit me when we was in San Diego and I was working for this nonprofit, was helping children. And um, I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. And then we moved up here to Portland to be closer to my wife's family. And I ended up you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was still trying to figure things out. And I, we would figure it out. We got money. We would be okay. And, and then I ended up looking online. I saw this, this position at this nonprofit. I said, cool. You know, nonprofit, I know that world a little bit. I thought I knew more. But us, us athletes, we think a little bit higher than ourselves. So I, I thought I had it, right? I'm, I played in the NFL. I worked in a nonprofit, submitted my resume. They liked me. They brought me in. Michelle, I went to this interview. I was unprepared. Mm. Something that I that during my football career, I was always prepared for every meeting, for every game, for everything. I wasn't prepared. I didn't do the research, number one, on the organization. Mm. And when she started asking me questions about the organization, I didn't know. Mm. I was prepared to answer questions about me and my football career. <laughs> so she, so she was asking, she started asking questions about, you know, their organization. And then she started asking questions about me. And I didn't know. She was asking some deeper questions that I, I did. I was not prepared. Mm. By the end of that interview, it was only about 15 minutes. She said, Alex, before you go on any more interviews, mm. you need to find out who you are. This lady that I just met had told me, I don't know who I am. Mm. And she was right. She said, this is not the position for you. Thank you for coming in. She walked me out the building. I walked to my car and I cried my eyes out. Mm. This lady who just met me told me the truth. I did not know who I was. Mm. I, now, I've been fired. I've been cut. I've been released in the NFL. And it's very, it's embarrassing. You know, security walks you down to your locker. You grab all your stuff. You say what's up to the fellas. And then you hit the road. I'd much rather get cut 10 times than to ever feel like that again. Mm. So that started my journey into knowing who I was. What drove me? How do I lead myself? And once I found that out, I found that out and, and I had to do a deep dive, a deep research into who I was, mm. what brought me joy, what didn't I like, mm. what, what was my purpose on this planet? And with the help of Eldridge, I ended up finding out who I was. But mm. it starts with leadership. And leadership is big. Like Leadership is a it's a huge company spend billions of dollars per year to try to figure out how to guide people, how to lead people. It starts with leading yourself. How do you influence yourself? So how, oh, this is so beautiful and deep. I mean, I'm really moved over here. 
What did that process look like in terms of that radical self-inventory and how honest you had to get probably the first time in your life? Because I'm assuming all you knew before that moment was that you love football, right? And that it was your dream to be the best and then the best and then the best over and over and over again to new heights. When all that was taken away from you and you're still a young man, yeah, you have money and a beautiful wife, kids that you love, but without a sense of self, it's empty, right? It's absolute utter unfulfillment. But how do you begin that process? What does that look like for you to put those puzzle pieces together so that you felt whole and aligned again? It's so interesting you say that word, aligned. And it was something that I had to figure it out for the first part, you know, on my own, because for so long, it was my platform that I thought what Alex was. It was of my platform, what I did. That was who I was, right? And I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not, I know I'm not the only one that, think, that thought like that or thinks like this, that what they do is who they are. So what I had to do is I had to go back. What I knew, I knew football, okay? And so I was taught by this fabulous, best coach I ever had. Mm. The name is Willie Shaw. And he told me, he said, and, and this was like my second year in the league. He said, Alex, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you something that's going to give you great success. If you apply it, if you apply these principles, you would have great success in your NFL career. I was like, what, 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 what is it? He said, alignment, assignment, adjustment, mm. alignment, assignment, adjustment. So what does that mean? Number one, alignment. So I, I should take that back. Assignment, alignment, adjustment. So number one, because it gave me success on the field. And if it's, those, if it's those principles, then those principles should be able to apply in any walk of life. Yep. Right. So my assignment, what your job is, what my what my job is, what I'm put on this earth to do. I mm-hmm. need to find out exactly that. And so for me, it, it starts with the foundation of my faith. So my faith, I need to find out what that is. What does that look like? How do I apply that? So it starts with that, my assignment. And then from there, how do I align, right? How do I align my life, my relationships? What I want to do has got to be in alignment with that, right? Because I had success on the field. I know my job. And then when I got really good, I, need, I, I knew the jobs of others who are around me. And it's not just I'm going to take their job. No, I need to be able to know exactly if I'm seeing things, they should see the same things because I'm depending on them. Yes. And so that, along with the alignment in the NFL, you can get beat before the ball is even snapped if you're not aligned correctly. Yes. I'm talking about, Michelle, by a half an inch. If you are misaligned, you will be beat. Yeah. So. That tells I need to be aligned with my faith because it was important yes. for me. At, you know, early on, I was in line with my faith. It was my career that was first, my family was second, and my faith was third. And there was a lot of tension in my life. But once I got aligned, once I started, I, I, I dove into that, I was like, oh, this is it. My assignment, what God has me on earth to do, mm. what, how do I line up? How do I align with that? And then how I 
how I parent, how I relate to my wife, others around me, how I want the world to view me. Mm-hmm. And then the adjustment, that's the third thing, adjustment. What adjustments do I need to make? Some of it had to be relationships. Mm-hmm. I had to adjust the relationships. I had to adjust how, how I saw the world, mm-hmm. how I made decisions. A lot of times, we as people, we make decisions based off of emotions. There's people in prison based off of a, a, a decision because of how they felt. Yeah, and one decision can change your entire life. Entire life. Better or for not. That's right. Yeah. So once I got all that and I started to testing, testing out that model, there was less tension in my heart. I knew I was here to do something. Mm. For me, it's helping others become the best version of themselves. Yeah. And then now recently, because I've seen it over the past year or so, Elite level athletes, elite level people, we need, we need some help. We need to understand, like, what is influence, right? What is leadership to those people? Because, you know, we, we, as athletes, it's elite performers. We put on a pedestal. And sometimes we think the laws, the rules don't apply to us. That's a terrible way to live. What does influence mean to you now, especially as you can reflect back on six, seven months of, you know, riding out this global pandemic? How have you changed? What's changed in me with influence is I have a better understanding. Two things. How I am influenced by people. I'm not influenced so much about their experience. Mm-hmm. I'm not experienced. Uh, I'm not influenced so much about, you know, what, what job they have or what level they are. I'm influenced number one by your character. Yes. Um, I'm influenced by your character, which is who you are. Yes. Now you and I were talking before we record about, you know, you build out a lot of leadership for corporate teams athletic teams, teams all around the world. And we were talking about, wow, you know, there's a whole type of, there's all kinds of different teams. There's the team of family, especially in quarantine, right? And so I was asking you, what is the one single most important tool in strengthening a team's ability to execute, right? On the mission, in alignment, all the things that you've been sharing so beautifully here today. And you said, oh, top is, hands down is communication. It works for me and my wife, with me and my kids, with me and all of my clients and all of the, you know, the people that I get to lead. So we talked about communication. What would you say is the fastest and easiest route for my listeners to apply today to have effective, high-performance communication with those they love that will call them their teammates? I like to be able to tell stories, right? Because you can be able to pull from that. And so one story is when I, I was playing, playing for the Saints and we was playing the New York Giants out there in the Meadowlands in New York. And we had a... Uh, uh, our, our defensive coordinator, he was Zavin Uralian. He's Greek, right? He has a thick Greek accent. And this was like in the last couple of minutes of the ball game, like it, the game hung on this one possession. So they're driving down on us, right? And what we do is Zavin signals the play in, right? Whatever type of hand signals, right? He was signal the play in. We would all see it. We would get it, right? So because our, our linebacker, the, the leader on the team, would tell us all, 
And then we would go out and execute. Zabin, during a very stressful time, right, the last couple of minutes of the game, he didn't communicate it that way. He wasn't consistent. You know what he started doing? 75, 80,000 fans. He started yelling the play in. Oh. It's 85,000 fans. He's, he's, he's been signaling it in all game long, and now he's yelling it in. You can't yelling hear it. Yelling it in, and, and he has a thick Greek. You can't <laughs> hear it, and you can't understand him anyway. And on top of that, we had two coverages. One was cover four, and the other one was far. So he's yelling in, you know, we think it's one thing, and then oh. it ends up being another. Yes. So he didn't stay consistent with how he communicated. If I want to get, if I, if I want to be on the best side of my wife and what we got going on, if she texts me, I should text her back. If she calls me, I should call her back. If she emails me, she, it shouldn't be, she, you know, she, she calls me and then she ends up DMing me, right? It should stay consistent. So that's number one, staying consistent with your team. Number two, if you don't know, if you're not sure what's being communicated, call a timeout. I was the closest one on the field. I was the closest one to, to Zavin. I could see him and I could hear it, but I was the only one that could hear him. And then the, the, everybody else played cover covered far. I played cover four. I should have called a timeout and let's all get on the same page. Mm-hmm. And even if I wasn't on the same page, I should have did what everybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. So if we, if we get it wrong, we all get it wrong. We all get it wrong. Team. 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 That's beautiful. I love that whole idea of if someone texts you, then respond in kind. If someone emails you, respond in kind. If they DM you, respond in kind. And the reason why that hits home for me specifically is there's someone that I'm extremely close with, probably the most important person in my life. And I will text her and I will oftentimes get an email back like a day later and it hurts and it's confusing and I'm always bewildered. And I don't think there's any intention there whatsoever. It's just that it's her favorite way to communicate or it's easier or whatever. But for me, it's always so confusing. Like we're not in sync. And so I love this idea of responding in kind and do it as quickly as you can. There's a rule of thumb that I have. It's like, here's my, my response to text, like timeline, either immediately or three to five business days. <laughs> but if it's a significant other, then just get it out there really quickly because they got to know, especially when it comes to alignment, they are a top priority in your life. Nothing else matters more. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, we lost the game, by the way. They scored a touchdown. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I, want, I, didn't want them, I didn't want to leave that out. I want to leave that out. Thank and you. it was and, and here's the thing is I own that that was my fault. It wasn't Zabin's fault. It wasn't Zabin's fault. I was the one I should have called a timeout so we can all get on the same page. Well, did Zavin, though, take any responsibility himself? Not that anyone needs to play a blame game here, but there was a lot of accountability that I think. There was. Yeah. Actually, there was accountability from myself, from Zavin, and also our middle linebacker because he should have known 
that that coverage wasn't the coverage that we were supposed to be in. Yeah. That, that particular coverage that he called early on in the week, we made sure that that coverage is a poor coverage, a poor defense in the red zone. See, this is so key. And I, I can now see why you are so sought after from huge companies like Nike and Converse and all these, you know, giants like Microsoft that call on you to lead them. Their team, their their teams in corporate America, for example, might not be into sports, much less football, but these are general concepts that are game changer. I have been in the corporate space and it doesn't even matter. I have a team of my own. And what I find is, is that if not, if everyone doesn't think they're working together as one unit, then it's very easy to point fingers and to blame, right? And then you've got a fragmented, disenfranchised team that's not a team at all. It's a, it's sort of a me and my mentality versus we and our mentality. And I feel like this is so global right now. And that if we could look at this as a microcosm of how to treat one another, so what that you want to vote this way and I'm going to vote that way, or your faith is this and I pray like this, or I've never been married, but you haven't. It's like, we need to come together as one race right now. Are you seeing that too? More Absolutely. Than ever? Diversity is, is, it's something where if you don't have it, it can cloud you. It can make you like you think just one way where there's so many different angles. You can be able to see other people's point of view on different topics, right? That they can kind of give you insights that can make that connection even stronger. Yes. It can make that connection even stronger. And so, so that's why like diversity is so important. Is so important, especially like in a team environment, neighborhood, whatever, because it can open you. It can open up anything. It can open up more opportunities for you, for, for you to learn. Yes. My biggest dream is that we as humans drop our guards, you know, all of our armor and and just allow ourselves to be helped, to ask for help, to see people for who they are, not who we think they should be. This comes down to the color of our skin. Again, the way that people pray, their faith, their marital status, their sexuality, their politics. I mean, it's time for us just to realize that at the end of the day, we're all one. That's what I love about what you teach. And I love, we cannot wrap this up without talking about your podcast, my friend. You have a very popular (laughs) podcast called The Shark Effect, examining the qualities of high performers and how they lead. And how has that been going for you? Your podcast has been out now, what, about three months? Yeah, let me see. I'll break it down like in weeks. So I just dropped episode 21 today. Wow. Are you (laughs) weekly episodes? Yep, every Tuesday. Wow. Yep, okay, then absolutely. It's just a little, a little, it was about five months, actually. Four to five months. No, four months, excuse me. Yeah. Four wow. months, okay. That is amazing. So how would you say that has impacted your ability to lead and to serve, especially in these virtual times, when you ain't getting the jobs where you're flying around the world and, and doing the speaking gigs from the stage? Yeah. So because of my, my podcast, it's really expanded uh, my reach, my platform, mm-hmm. where now I have people, I have people in Taiwan, in Australia, in China, in England, who listen to <laughs> me and my and my guests on a weekly basis. Amazing, right? And that's like, man, I would have never been. How does that? How does that happen? Right? But it's the beauty of technology, and and it's also the beauty of me being able to open up myself. Yeah. And show vulnerability 
mm-hmm. and tell these real stories and then be able to pull like the, the real, the meat from those, from myself, but then also from my guests. And, you know, it's something that I want to be able to, to find like the link. So it's, I don't just have, you know, athletes, former or current professional athletes. No, I want, what are high performers? Where are they at? What is that same, what is that juicy meat, that morsel that connects you to makes you that, you know, the high performer that you are? How did you get to where you are and how you continue to show up in your community, in your, you know, during your, in your, uh, your personal life, in your, your business life? And what has been the common thread of 21 episodes? The common thread is when people understand their purpose, what they're here for, and on a deeper level, they can be able to lead mm-hmm. in a better way. They, they can be able to, more people will be apt to follow them. Mm-hmm. It starts to, it starts though, leading yourself. Couldn't agree more. That's so beautiful. Yeah. You know, at the end of, of every episode on my show, I ask all my guests the same question. So I'm going to ask you, how would you describe or define an awakened soul? Mm. Yeah. An awakened soul. Someone who is not afraid mm. to dive down and not the, the bad things that could have happened in your life or that did happen mm-hmm. to own those situations, mm-hmm. own that, those mistakes or whether it's your fault or not your fault, understanding that thing has value. Mm-hmm. It can make you stronger. It can make you a better individual, a better leader, a better husband, a better wife, a better father, daughter, whatever. But those things those experiences can drive you to become a better version. So the feeling sorry for yourself, mm. we all have been through. And the older we are, we go through some difficult times. And a lot of times we just don't know how to, you know, we know how to bury them. But how can we use that to make us stronger? And because those stories cannot just make you and affect you in a positive way. They can affect others. So true. Your mess becomes the message to help someone else rise. I love that. Absolutely. How can my listeners find you? I'll definitely link your podcast, The Shark Effect, on our show notes. But how else? What's the best way to, to find you? Best way to find me is, is my website, alexmolden.com. Okay. And from there, it has has all my Instagram and Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. It's just Alex Molden. It's just, I keep it simple, but. (laughs) Well, thank you for this. I am so excited that we finally got a chance to connect. You know, as I mentioned in our, in our podcast accelerator, that program where you launch your podcast, I didn't really ever have to talk to you because I didn't have to school you or ride you or get you to get your deadlines in because you were leading yourself. You were exemplary then and all your life. And um, it's just an honor to know you. And thank you for coming on Fire and Soul today. Well, thank you very much. And Michelle, let me let, let me finish with this. Let me. So when you have a coach, which you are a coach that is thorough, knows their assignment, knows how to, how to align and how to align people and is ready to make adjustments, it's so simple. It can be so simple, you know? 
You definitely embodied that. And it was like a dream watching you just sail through that program. I'm like, he never once had an obstacle. I never even heard him speak, you know, <laughs> but that probably also goes to show that we had a, a plug and play kind of program, but still yeah. you're just, you're just an all-star on every level. I commend you. Thank you for your kind words. All right, my friend, I know you got a heart out. Um, so thank you again for your time today and um, have a beautiful rest of your day. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fire and Soul podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.